You're listening to Caffeine Boost, brewed by Allianz PNB Life. Hey, Giselle. Good morning. Hey, Emma. Mahilig ka ba sa history? Well, yeah, I taught history for a total seven years. World history and Philippine history. <laughs> Ay, talaga? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Kasi mm. itong trivia ko sa'yo for today, well, it's actually more of a history of coffee in the Philippines, di ba? Mm. Yep. So, kasi we've been talking about, mm. uh, in the last few episodes, we've been talking mm-hmm. about coffee, history, or trivias uh, all over the world. So, now yes. let's focus on the Philippines. Sige alam mo ba, Giselle, mm. back in the 1800s, alam mo mm. naman siguro ang Barako Coffee. Mm. Sikat yan sa Batangas, yeah. di ba? Exactly. Uh-oh. Yes. Back then, Barako Coffee charged five times the price of other Asian coffee beans. Wow. Ang mahal, di ba? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that time, because of that, we became the fourth largest exporter of coffee in the 1800s. Mm, wow. Sa dami yes. ng coffee producers, a fourth tayo. That's a big deal. Yes, that time. That was, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, moving forward to the present time. So, since we're talking about consumption anyway, mm-hmm. alam mo ba, there was a recent study done in the Philippines. And it was said that Filipinos have now shifted from being moderate coffee drinkers to heavy coffee drinkers. Oh. And mm-hmm. just to uh, see the difference, when you say regular coffee drinkers now, mm-hmm. they only purchase coffee twice a week or 81 times a year. Okay. But if you're a heavy coffee drinker, you consume coffee products thrice a week or 126 times a year. Wow. So, so imagine, yeah. mm-hmm. ang mga Pinoy, heavy coffee drinker na. Wow. Yes. Oh, nga eh. Incidentally, when you talk about heavy drinking ng coffee, hindi kaya ay ang mga Pilipino ngayon ay nagpapalakas ng loob dahil sa nangyayari. Or if you ask about the economy, they're worried about it, kaya nagpapatibay ng loob at alam naman natin ang kape, nagpapahyper yan, di ba? But, yes. Yeah, well, for some, for oh, me, kagaya mo. <laughs> oh, for me, hindi oh, oh. nagpapahyper, but Mm-mm. actually, coffee relaxes me. Alam mo yun, Jocelle, after... That's true. Yeah. After all that I've been seeing, reading, mm-hmm. alam mo, minsan nga, torn ako mag-social media pa ba ako o hindi na? Kasi sobrang, na, hindi ko na alam eh. But Mm-mm. then again, you know what? Sometimes just drink coffee and I feel better. Totoo, may taong ganun. I'm, I'm like that also after a good coffee, lalo na kumbara ako. I feel relaxed. And I yes. feel actually optimistic. It's common for most people to think pessimistically about the future, but I am like Churchill. Alam mo, sabi ni Winston Churchill in dating Prime mm. Minister ng, ng England. He was the wartime Prime Minister. He said, I am an optimist. It does not seem too much use being anything else. And I like what he said. I like that he said that. To think that he said that during World War II. Which reminds oh. me. Oh, which reminds me. We just had a great conversation in one of our economic briefings uh, a week ago. And... That gave me a lot of optimistic thoughts. And I am actually looking forward to a bright future, believe it or mm-hmm. not. And you yeah. know who the guest is. Would you have yes. like, do the honors to introduce our guest, Emma? We actually have two guests for today's episode. First, of course, we have our very own Allianz PNB Life Distribution Partner Head, Det Pantoja. 
And with her today is a visiting professor of IESE Business School in Barcelona, professor at the University of Asia and the Pacific, and research director of the Center for Research and Communication, Manila. He has a PhD in economics from Harvard University and is a certified public accountant. His special fields of study are development, social, and business economics, and strategic management. He is the author of several economics textbooks widely used in Philippine schools and universities. And he was the economic advisor of the last six presidents in the Philippines from the time of Cory Aquino to President Rodrigo Duterte. Ladies and gentlemen, let us all welcome Dr. Bernie Villegas. Enjoy! Hello, Doc Bernie. Good afternoon. Thank you for guesting at the at our podcast today, Doc Bernie. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. With me here today is Bernadette Halandoni Pantoja. Det. It's an honor to see you once again today. So, uh, as Giselle mentioned, I'm Det Halandoni Pantoja, and I'm the Bank Assurance Distribution Partner Head for Allianz PNB Life. What I do is I basically head the Wealth Management Group channel, which is comprised of the HSBC Group, and the PNB Wealth Management Group. And before you start that, I just wanted to say and tell everyone, especially Doc Bernie, that the session last Saturday yes. gave everyone the great insight and the optimism and the yes. feel good about the future. Right? Yes, definitely. Uh, People were very enlightened after the session and we're talking about it up until now. Up until now, yes. yes. We still get the chat and uh, comments on Facebook and all the social media we're at. Yes, okay. So if you don't mind, uh, Doc Bernie, I will start with the first question. Yes. Yeah, so uh, they say that ADB predicts a 6.5% GDP growth rate for the Philippines in 2021 if the country licks COVID in June of 2020. In light of the continuing rise of COVID infections, will the country still fulfill ADB's projection of 65 in 2021? What are your views on this? First of all, the increasing rise in infection is no worry. We're still way, way behind in terms of infection. I'm con- confident that there will be no second wave at least. So I don't mm. give any importance to the rise in infections. I think it just reflects that we are now able to test more and more people. It's not there are more infections that we are now more uh, ready to actually uh, test people. So I still think that by July, we will already be in a stage of recovery. And as I said in my briefing, it will be a V-shape. In fact, I'm seeing already right now in the first days of uh, the modified consumers are already bouncing back so quickly. You can see the traffic already almost like before. (laughs) And uh, people have purchasing power because of the hundreds of billions of pesos that the government is spending subsidizing 18 million households, subsidizing SMEs, and we continue to receive remittances from abroad. Uh, I don't see any big uh, drop in remittances. And you're beginning to see also the DPO IT, as I mentioned, beginning once again to employ more and more people. So I think the purchasing power is there, and I think by 2020, 
we will have a more normal consumer sector. Added to that will be the government still spending a lot. I think the 6% and actually is an underestimate. I think it could even be 7%. Wow. Wow. That's really? amazing. So you think, Doc Bernie, that the rise in infections can be attributable to more, the uh, more testing? Yes, yes. Of course, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, there's a question here. Okay. that One from uh, our attendee last Saturday. He asks, do you see, Doc Bernie, that we are doing something, or the, maybe he's pertaining to the government, to introduce biotechnology-related trainings and learnings to the young generation? I guess he is about sustainability. Uh, probably not yet in the public schools. Mm-hmm. We, we still need to improve very much the uh, quality of instruction. But in selected private schools, I think biotechnology is being given more and more importance. So it will take time before the, a big number of people going to public schools will be able to receive this type of education. But the good uh, trend is I see the government increasing the percentage of its budget in education as well as in health. Yeah. Like sometimes they even transfer money for build, build, build to education and health. And that is a good trend. So, mm. And I think this is something that we learned from this pandemic. More and more now, our government will be very conscious about devoting more the importance. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Doc Bernie. We have another question. How come FDIs are all going to Vietnam and Thailand? And Indonesia- if prospects are good in Indonesia, and if prospects are also good in our country... Why are they not coming here? Is it because our government is too tied up with China? <laughs> That's not the main reason. The main reason is, number one, those investments are export-oriented. No? So we have a very big domestic market, and the people who invest here are always thinking of selling to Filipinos. Those companies that are transferring from China to Vietnam, Thailand, Indonesia, are export-oriented projects in which we do not have a comparative advantage. First of all, our wages are already among the highest in Southeast Asia, which I think is a good thing. We're paying our workers better wages than the Vietnamese, the Indonesians. The other thing, though, is we still have a lot of red tape. The ease of doing business Mm. has not really improved. And we still have too many restrictions. I'm glad that the lower house already passed a bill allowing more and more foreigners to invest 100% in the public utilities. I think that is definitely a move. That's a game changer. That will be appreciated by foreigners. And uh, it's important that we do have a lot more capital going to public utilities because we don't have that much capital. And uh, we need competition in those fields, in telecom, in energy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, that will definitely... Uh, improve our attraction, not to export-oriented uh, companies, but to companies who will come here to serve our domestic market. Let me repeat, our attraction is our 110 million population. Mm. Our attraction is our consumer market, not our uh, being good in uh, export-oriented industries. Does it have anything to do with our currency as well, Dr. Bernie? Partly, because our currency has been appreciating in yeah. to the currencies of other countries. And so I think the government should depreciate the peso. That's why I'm forecasting just to send signals to the government 
that our exchange rate should be at 53 to 1 by the end of this year. I think keeping it at 50 to 51 is actually making our export-oriented industries even more handicapped. You know that very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although we see today that the currency has actually broken 50. Yes, that's right. But uh, mm-hmm. I think as long as the second semester will see a higher growth, you will have a lot of imports and our our exchange rate will tend to depreciate rather than appreciate by the second semester. I see. Okay. Uh, is the government prepared to meet our rising unemployment rates by giving employment to those displayed, displaced OFWs? Well, it's not really the government's main role. Of mm. course, it can by really pushing the bill, 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 because mm. that's where a lot of the people in the Middle East can mm. be employed, coming from the Middle East in construction. But the government's role is in helping SMEs, because SMEs, are the ones that are very labor-intensive. And I think the government is taking the first step. It's budgeting 50 billion pesos to subsidize the salaries of these SMEs during the pandemic so that they don't collapse, they don't go bankrupt. And so once there is, against dema- once again, demand in the domestic market, mm-hmm. these SMEs can be revived. I think that's the most important uh, approach in generating employment, SMEs, because they employ more than 90% of our population. The second area where the government also can do a lot is to improve infrastructures in the countryside so that farming can really be profitable. Because farming has not been profitable because there are no farm-to-market roads, no irrigation systems, and so on and so forth. And I think the government can do a lot providing small farmers. And I also see not only small farmers, but even people from the cities. In fact, some of them coming from uh, overseas, who, because they're jobless, are now looking for opportunities to grow what are known as high-value crops, vegetables, mm, yeah. fruits, in what can be called urban gardening environments, no? in Batangas, in Cavite, in Laguna, mm. catering to the millions and millions of consumers in Metro Manila. Mm. That's something very, very close to my heart yes. as we hail from Gross, no, Doc Burley Ed. There yes. has not been much government support. That's been the long-term mistake of our government with industrialization, mm-hmm. agricultural development, and rural development. What are your thoughts, Doc Bernie, about foreign ownership of lands as being espoused by some in Congress to spur economic growth? So it's not just owning utility companies uh, to bring the prices down, but also the ownership of lands here in the country. I'm in favor of foreign, uh, foreigners being able to own mm. the land which they build the factory, the land on which they build a residence, the land on which they build a commercial facility. It's unfair to deny a foreigner the land appreciation of whatever land on which they build something productive. Mm. And I think mm. it's not an unlimited ownership. I would be against allowing a foreigner just to buy land, accumulate land that would not be to our benefit. But as long as they make the land productive, they should share with the appreciation of the price of that land. Yeah. Uh, There's a question here from Por Requinto. The Philippine economy is largely reliant on consumption. With the quarantines implemented across the country, consumption was affected, as he says. With most establishments closed, restaurants, hotels, fast food chains, no travel, etc., Did this cause a crippling effect to the economy in your vast experience, sir? Is there 
such a thing as a healthy level of consumption? And lastly, or is there such a thing as a healthy balance between consumption, investments, government spending, and net exports? Oh, definitely. Well, if you, if you don't have savings, you want to have sources for your investments. So we must also have a high rate of savings. And as I mm. showed in the briefing, actually over the last 10 to 15 years, our savings rate has gone from 20% of GDP to over 30%. So that is mm. already a very positive trend. But as I said in the briefing, there are areas of consumption that will suffer at least for some time, like travel and tourism. I don't mm -hmm. see those two recovering quickly. Anytime soon. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you have fashion goods. People will not be very ready to spend too much money on luxury goods. Mm -hmm. But the areas that will take over in the area of consumption would be the whole field of food and agribusiness. So mm -hmm. people now are very much aware of the need for food security and that therefore that demand will be there. And as I said, the supply should also increase with more and more of us going into high value crops because middle class people don't eat carbohydrates. Plus I don't. <laughs> yeah, mm. exactly. So they eat more and more vegetables and fruits right. and that's what have to produce more. Then you will have the whole area of consumer goods in the digital industry or digital yes. devices, digital mm, services exactly. doing, so that will increase exponentially because of what has happened during the pandemic. More and more of us are now used to meet digitally and also so in fact in my, my university, all of our classes all the way up to August will be delivered uh, online and that mm -hmm. will require a lot of our having to pay Zoom, WebEx, etc. etc. And people acquiring more and more laptops and right. so so that yes. is item that will definitely grow. Then the whole area of health-related services, not only curative, going to the hospital, etc., etc., but especially preventive. People mm. making sure their immunity is improved, they eat the right things, they exercise, and so on and so forth. In fact, just to give you a little example, Nike is very wise. It's no longer selling its shoes as fashion shoes. Mm. It's selling its shoes as improving your immunity by exercising with Nike shoes. Right? That's, that's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> that, Shift in advertising. That's right, that's right. And then the other area that will benefit in terms of consumption and spending is education. People are now more and more aware of quality education, not only formal education, which are degree-giving, non-formal, structured, but improving skills, and informal, all these mm. webinars, webinars, et cetera, et cetera. People are willing now to spend more and more on uh, improving their knowledge and improving their skills. So those are, those are the four areas. I repeat, food, digital, health, and education. Food, and digital, health, and education. That's right. We tell our so listeners to remember that. Yourself. Yeah, it does, it does. That I'll ask this question. Yes, I'll, I'll ask this next so part. Because I know you asked, wrote the, the questions after this, but I'll ask this no now. Problem. Yeah, this is from Gian Galsim, the, the spouse of uh, Orange Galsim, our chief agency officer. He asked, what is your opinion of the government's prediction of a 2 to 3.2% growth? That's doable. If in the second semester, we have a V-shaped recovery, mm. because as I said, Filipino consumers like, like, I like a compressed spring, ready to bounce back. <laughs> I think uh, a 2% for the whole year is still possible. Mm. Uh, but as I said in my briefing, 
during the next 12 to 18 months, let's not focus too much on growth. Yeah. Let's focus on what is happening to these 18 million households that the government is worried about. How to help mm. recover their jobs, how to help the poorest of the poor at least mm. have food on their table. I think that should be the concern of all of us. No? Yeah. Uh, growth is necessary in the long term, but in the medium term, we have to be worrying about the suffering of these people who have been jobless for three months. Some of them don't even have food on their table. Yeah. And so this should be the concern of both the government and the private sector. That's true. I agree. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would probably, taking care of that basic thing would yeah. spur the economic growth that we would want to happen later on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because that, that's also the healthy workers that are needed by a strong recovery. Because if mm-hmm. some of these workers that we're counting on to uh, be employed again, have been undernourished, have actually yes. uh, been prone. In fact, when people say that this lockdown has been a matter of a debate between uh, lives and jobs, I said that's not exactly right. Because there's also the debate between lives today and lives tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If we prolong the lockdown for uh, an unreasonable time, Many, millions of Filipinos will be undernourished. And in the future, they may not die of COVID, but they may die of other diseases. Hunger. It's lives today versus lives tomorrow. So that's why we have to make sure that we do not uh, become too fearful of COVID, that we have our lockdown prolonged too long. Mm. Yeah. Because lives in the future can also suffer. We have another question for you, Doc Bernie. With countries such as Taiwan, Japan, the U.S., and Australia blaming China for this pandemic, (laughs) citing that it is a man-made virus, how do you think should we view this type of news? And do you think, you know, we should uh, consider our exposures to China in, you know, in all matters, like our relationships with China? Well, first of all, I wouldn't really get involved in all of those rumors one way or the other. (laughs) In in the future, things will be found out. But I think there are enough problems we have to solve ourselves that we should not side one way or the other because all of these are hypotheses, speculations. Until there are actual facts proving one way or the other, I am in favor of being neutral. But it is definitely good for us to balance our relationship among different countries. I've always said that President Duterte was in the right direction when, in the beginning of his presidency, he said we should move away from too much attachment to the U.S. It's not mm. attached too much to one world. But he went to the other extreme. He became too attached to China, 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 China. <laughs> became obvious that China promises a lot but delivers very little. And so midway in his presidency, his cabinet started advising him that he should balance his tendency towards China with other powers close to us, Japan, Pia, Taiwan. And it's happening. Mm. In fact, a lot of the infrastructures that have begun are not from China. They're Japanese. For example, the very important railway from Clark to Manila is not yeah. China. 
that's Japanese. Very few real big projects are being financed by the Chinese. I'm not saying we should completely forget the Chinese. They can help us, but we have to depend on other neighbors of ours who are equally good in financing and infrastructure. And those are Japan, Korea, Taiwan. Especially now that Taiwan wants to show its independence, Taiwan is very eager to help the Philippines. No? And I think there's now a balancing in, in terms of our depending on other countries. No? Uh, connected to the so question. That should be good news yeah. for us. It should be. It should be good news. Connected to the question that you asked there, this is, I guess, the effect in the United States. The question mm-hmm. goes, what is your outlook, Doc Bernie, for the U.S., considering Trump's management of this crisis right now and having the highest number of infections plus the ongoing riots happening all over the country? How will this affect the Philippine economy uh, moving forward, you know, the sentiment is in social media right now. Well, the U.S. will definitely go through a great depression like they went through in the 1930s. Oh. There's no question that's already happening. In fact, the expectation is a decline in their uh, GDP of as much as minus 7%. That's really the worst in the last 100 years. Though. Mm. And as you mentioned, mm. aggravated by the riots all the looting and so on and so forth. Mm. Now, it's really a challenge now to Trump. I mean, I don't know what will happen in, in, during the election. If, if there's a good uh, alternative to him, probably that good alternative will win because people are now very dissatisfied with what is happening. But it seems there is no good alternative, so he might win again. And I just hope for the good of the Americans that his leadership in the next four years will improve and that he will be able to really address very specific problems of the American economy. It's very difficult to forecast the U.S. future because of the election. We don't know who's now going to lead them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. keeping my observation open, let's see who will win in November and uh, see whether or not whoever wins will be able to address some of the inadequacies of the uh, first four years of Trump. No? Yeah. Now, how, how will that impact on the Philippines? It might actually improve our BPO IT because as American companies face more and more difficulties, they will actually be motivated to outsource more and more of their business services. And we might actually benefit mm-hmm. from a slowdown in the U.S. economy. That do you have um, more questions or would you like to say anything? The slowdown and what Doc Bernie said that, you know, the the reopening of, or they would want to outsource through BPOs here in the Philippines, given that we are a very good English-speaking country, Yeah, uh, I think would help the unemployment that we discussed about earlier in our session. You know, so I think that would actually be a silver lining for the Philippines as well. In spite of what we're experiencing right now, I just wanted to say again that the the audience that we had last Saturday had high hopes and they are optimistic about the future. And leaving the session, we still got a lot of messages about it and how inspired they were after listening to Doc Bernie. Doc Bernie, could you give us your parting shot? Well, I will repeat what I said at the mm-hmm. beginning of the briefing. If you take a look at the, and you're very much in that industry because you are always looking at actuarial probabilities in insurance. Mm-hmm. Right now, longevity 
for your generation and even younger people is extending to beyond 70, even more and more of the millennials today can expect to live all the way up to their 80s. And so that means that people who are listening to me can expect at least 20 years of productive life. Even if it takes three years for us to find a vaccine, what are three years related to 20 years in which the Philippines, as I sh uh, showed in the briefing, is expected to be one of the best performing economies in the world, that, that means that there is really reason to be optimistic. It's not just whistling in the dark, that you have enough reason to think of the Philippines over a 50 to 20 period as one of the most promising economies, not only in Asia Pacific, but in the world. And that is why definitely, even if we have to go through difficulties in the next year or so, we have to pin our hopes over a longer period of time. And that's why people now have to do a lot of acquiring knowledge, skills, attitudes, mm. Mm. even if they're not fully utilized because of the underemployment that you will see over the next 12 to 18 months, they will be very, very useful over the next 10 years. And I always remind people of the content of a book written by a president of a university in the United States called Robot Proof. He asked the question, will many of us be replaced by robots because of artificial intelligence and so on and so forth? And his conclusion was, as long as we continue improving our ability to think critically, our ability to communicate effectively, both in writing and verbally, and our ability to relate different sizes to one another, robots can never take our place. And so that's exactly what I will tell the young people. If you have time in your hands, please don't waste it now during the pandemic. Continue improving your critical thinking skills. And the best way is to give a lot of importance to the liberal arts, the humanities, to history, to literature, to philosophy. Those are the more important subjects, not the specialized skills. Accountants may be replaced by robots in the future, but the ability <laughs> to interpret the robots will not be able to do. That is so wonderful to hear. What do you think that? And very, very timely for me. Yeah. Because I have, a, I have a, an 18-year-old who is about oh. to enter college, Doc Bernie, and right. we are in the process of selecting which school to go to and what course to take. So I'm biased. UANP is one of the better schools for the liberal arts and the humanities. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes. That's yeah. true, that's true. I agree. Well, friends, that's another amazing advice from uh, Doc Bernie. A well-rounded person is what we need. It's, it's really not the technician or the technology that has to rule us, but humanities, right. the arts, behavioral science, and everything that has to do with the whole human person, we have to develop that. Yes. That is such an amazing takeaway, no? And that, Dr. Bernie, this is the okay. time, this is all the time we have. Sadly, I want to have a longer chat with Dr. Bernie and with you, Dad. Dad, would you like to say goodbye and thanks to uh, Dr. Bernie before we say goodbye to everybody? Oh, yes, Dr. Bernie. Again, it is truly a pleasure 
to be able to converse with you this afternoon. I know you're quite a busy man, but giving us time to enlighten us once again with your wisdom and the uh, the strength to look forward to a brighter Philippines. You know, um, there are there's just too much negative news going around, and being able to talk to you is just very refreshing. And we like is. to yeah. thank you. Thank you. That. Me. Good. And we really hope to talk to you again in the near future. That Thank was uh, that was an amazing episode from Caffeine Boost, and we had this amazing conversation with Dr. Bernie Villegas. Dr. Bernie, yes. Maraming salamat po. Thank you too. Goodbye. Yes. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We'd like to hear from you. What do you think the Philippine economy would be like after the coronavirus? How would you improve your critical thinking abilities? For guests listening to our podcast, if you like what you hear and you want to be a life changer, drop us a message on our official Facebook page at Allianz PNB Life. Stay tuned for another episode of Caffeine Boost. Brewed by Allianz PNB Life. On behalf of Emma and Giselle from Distribution Training, this is Candice wishing you and your family a restful weekend. Stay safe and healthy. As you dare to make your life a masterpiece, we're with you. The name is Alliance, not Alliance, but Alliance PNB Life Insurance. Dare to, we're with you. For more information, visit AllianzePNBLife.ph. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in Caffeine Boost are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast does not constitute an offer to buy or sell any Allianz PNB Life product or service and should not be regarded as a solicitation, invitation, or recommendation to enter into any investment transaction or any other form of financial planning. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Allianz PNB Life makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in Caffeine Boost. Allianz PNB Life expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast. The contents of Caffeine Boost are the property of Allianz PNB Life. Users of this podcast may save and use information contained in the podcast only for personal or other non-commercial purposes. No other use of this podcast may be made without the prior written permission of Allianz PNB Life.